I'm okay. I'm good. I think I'm good. You think you're good? Yeah. about your rose hips coffee experiment project here I mean where did you come up with this idea and what was your inspiration yes well I wanted to create a coffee trailer that one had organic coffee because there's really no place in San Antonio that's using organic milks organic beans organic everything so everything here is organic everything's organic um, same with all the syrups that I make, everything's organic. So I wanted to create some sort of coffee wellness place uh, where it's just really intentional about the ingredients that we're putting into the drinks and very intentional about the flavors that we are then presenting. And I wanted it to have kind of like a, I guess I'm kind of inspired by Mexican folk healing and curanderismo and just how are we using the ingredient curanderismo. curanderismo so curandera is somebody yeah. who kind of creates all of these healing folk healing methods and so I was inspired by how can I draw on these wonderful natural ingredients and plants and Kind of infuse different syrups with them so that we can put in coffee drinks. Wow, so you call your place Rose Hip Coffee. Yes, and that is because my grandma's name was Rosa and that's my middle name and my niece's middle name and so I wanted something that had Rose or Rosa in it and my sister um, remembered that in a book we read as children, Esperanza Rising, that the abuela in that book she would make a tea out of rose hips and she said when you drank it you could see all of the beauty that the flower remembered Whoa. and so i want that to be kind of the experience of people coming here that they take a sip and it reminds them of something else i think that smells trigger a lot of our memories so with the lavender um, I think that can trigger different memories, hopefully relaxing ones, different tastes. Yes, and so I think that it hopefully will trigger even memories that we don't realize that we have, but it triggers some sort of peace and relaxation and realization of beauty as you take a sip. Nice. So uh, how is the... Uh sort of community aspect of your um, coffee shop coming together and do people gather here? Yeah, I mean, that is what I feel my calling in life is, is to feed people and to create community through food. That is my greatest passion. And so I knew I wanted to be in this neighborhood because I live in this neighborhood. Um, and, and you're from this neighborhood. I'm and from this neighborhood. this neighborhood. Yes. So and your great, great, great grandmother, Rosa. Did not live in this neighborhood because she wasn't allowed to, but her dad did build houses <laughs> in the neighborhood. Um, so 
it's been really wonderful just seeing different people come together and like even meeting you, Ron. Like there's so many wonderful, interesting people that I have we gotten never would to have meet. met each other if not I for those hip coffee. Yes, and so that has been honestly the greatest part is just meeting all of these wonderful humans that live on my street and live in my neighborhood and being able to connect with them, connect them with each other, and just create a space where everybody feels welcome where they can just come walk, read a book, sit and chat, meet someone new, just a space in the community that feels a little set aside that anyone can come to. That is so awesome. I applaud you and respect you and, and support you. With my coffee habit. <laughs> this is lavender. Rosemary. Rosemary. Yes. And the rosemary is from your own yard? From my mother's yard, yes. <laughs> yeah. Her rosemary bush is a lot more prolific than mine. Mine has stayed a little small because I made the mistake of planting it in this like long planter with the oregano, mm -hmm. and the oregano has taken over the whole pot and has left the rosemary with like a that couple oregano. inches. I know, and I never really use oregano that much, so I'm like, I have so much oregano. So you go off and go out and clip the rosemary, and then what do you do? How do you prepare it? Yeah, so I um, infuse it into a simple syrup. So I combine sugar, water, uh, dried lavender, and rosemary, and I what is bring it to a boil and let it seep. So then you have a concoction. So then I have a concoction and I strain it to get out all of the flowers and everything. And, and where is your, go. oh, those are your syrups there. Those are those, my syrups, yes. In those bottles and you just squeeze it into the. Yes. Wow. So cool. Yeah. So um, that was kind of your inspiration to do this project. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's a occupation yes or hopefully you're creating uh, income mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. money flow it's part of life yes <laughs> <laughs> and creating community in the neighborhood as well fulfilling your avocation of creating community that's so totally awesome it just feels good too hear that and see that that's my hope I'm like how are we using I mean we all have to have money and make money and participate in business but how are we doing that in a way that is thoughtful of the communities that we're in and not just a transaction like I hope that this moves from beyond a transaction of you're paying me for coffee and more like we're building relationships with everyone that comes here Yeah, I felt like we built the relationship. Yeah. Now we're friends. Now we're friends. It's great. <laughs> Tell me about your vision of the world at large. I mean, here we are in our little individual lives, but we're part of the whole thing. And, I mean, it's got to be part of our thinking, our awareness. How do we see the world and how do we... And what kind of a world do we hope for? Yes, 
hope for a very different world than what I currently see. Um, I think growing up, my dad's side of the family is Jewish, mom's side of the family is Mexican, so both sides of the family have experienced a lot of oppression and racism, and I experienced that too growing up in Alamo Heights, and so I think that was another reason I wanted to come back to this neighborhood in a way was I did not have a kind experience here growing up and so figuring out how can I create spaces here for people who feel like they don't belong in other places in Alamo Heights um, and so I think that's part of my view as I see that there is a lot of injustice and a lot of oppression in all levels of society in both our country and others and figuring out how can we dismantle that little by little. Wow, so what were you doing before this? Yeah, so before this, um, I helped my mom, she has a little air conditioning company, so I helped her with that for a bit. Everyone in my family is a small business owner, literally everyone. Um, so following in those footsteps, and then before that, I actually opened up a coffee trailer for a church in Southtown. And so that coffee trailer was a means to help provide women who are seeking asylum with job trainings and jobs. So that was involved with asylum seekers? Mm -hmm. To give them jobs and? Yes, to give them job trainings and kind of opportunities to. Oh, you were out. working with the Mennonite Church? Yes, yes, so that's who I worked for. And started the coffee trailer for them. The pastor there, I forgot his name. John Garland. John Garland told yes. me the story one time where he had the sanctuary full mm -hmm. of asylum seekers yeah. sleeping, mm -hmm. finding their, their refuge there. Mm -hmm. And he went in there late at night and he could hear the um, crying and the people were asleep, but they were having nightmares and they were like calling out and they were having these um, expressions of anguish. And he just stood there and listened to it in this sanctuary full of sleeping refugees from Central America. And it just touched my heart so deeply and never forgot it, that he would provide that and that those people were experiencing such deep trauma and searching for some shelter. Um, were you, weren't you also an associate pastor at some church? I was at the Mennonite church. Oh, you were? So that was my position there, and so as part of that, I started the, the coffee trailer. So you delivered sermons to the congregation? I did occasionally, yes. <laughs> Tell me about the best sermon you ever delivered, the one that you remember. Oh my gosh. I think all of mine were kind of about the same thing, because my view of Christianity is Jesus was, he came to bring justice. Like, that's my belief. He came, he spoke out against the religious leaders and political leaders that were oppressing the people and that's what he did and so that's 
I would say my religion is more borders a bit almost on philosophy because I follow the philosophy of Jesus's life where he overturned the tables and he knew that the consequence of speaking out would be his own death on a cross. And still he went ahead um, and kept speaking the truth because he knew that there was a better life for all of these people than what they were currently living and they weren't able to attain that life because of unjust rulers around them. Um, and so a lot of my, my sermons all kind of revolved around the justice issues. So in the Christmas story, we hear about the three wise men coming from the east and following the star to come and worship and pay tribute to baby Jesus who had just been born. What's that about? Because I've been thinking about it, like yeah. part of the Christmas story, I believe. Part of it, I don't. Yeah. But that part really intrigues me. They don't say where they came from, but they came from the east. I mean, it could have been India mm -hmm. or Persia, mm -hmm. and they traveled, following a star, from some intuition, some compelling yeah. feeling, to find this newborn baby, and 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 offer homage. I don't know. I think that there's definite possibilities. I think that there is a greater spiritual presence being in our world that can inspire people to do incredible things and give people these gut feelings and intuitions that they can follow. Um, and I think that's a testament to the birth of Jesus and I think also as we're looking at the stories in the Bible kind of what I view it's people trying to understand who God is and they're writing stories that make sense to them in the time and trying to rationalize and figure out what this means for their lives for their families for the future generations and so I don't know I guess that's kind of my answer with a lot of things. I mean, I don't think that we can ever fully know, and I think that's the point. It's supposed to be a starting point. It's supposed to be the starting point for conversation, not the end-all, be-all, this is the inerrant truth, but it's a starting point for people to talk about what God looks like. Conversation, not dogmatic opinion. Mm -hmm. Could use a little more of that. Yes, and that's what I view the Bible as if we look at Jewish tradition like the Jewish um, like the Torah was meant as a starting point of conversation and they're able to move from that and discuss and argue and learn and grow and so if we're coming with the same tradition considering Jesus was Jewish then that is what we should be doing with all of the biblical So that's texts. kind of a Jewish tradition is the conversation and the debate. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of a cartoon I saw where these three, these four old rabbis are discussing the existence of God. And they're sitting around, they got the book open, and they're just into it. They're going at it, they're arguing. And finally, this one rabbi gets up and he walks away and he goes, God is so great, he doesn't even need to exist. <laughs> I thought it was great. Oh my gosh, I like the little bell at the end. Yeah. It's a nice touch. <laughs> Hi, what can I get for you? Um, 
I was looking at some of your pastries. Is this what you have today? This is what I have. I've got a honey saffron cornmeal muffin with some pistachio on top. I've got hippie bars, which are like peanut butter, walnuts, oats, cranberries, and then I've got a spiced biscotti. They're meant to evoke uh, childhood memory. <laughs> um, I'll take one of those muffins. One of the muffins? Okay. Yes, yeah, starting in the new year, we'll have different teas and oh, more Oh, okay, options. yeah, I like teas. Okay, yes. thank you, ma'am. You have a good day. Of course, you as well. It's so great talking to you and doing this interview. I had no idea it would go so well. This is the first time I've done this. Let's see how this comes out. Well, I'm honored. Thank you, Ron, for having me be your first little barista guest. Yeah. So thank you yes, for thank you. being you. Thank you is, for being you, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> is there any final words you'd like to say to our listeners? Come get coffee and bacon. <laughs> Tell us where we are. Come hang out. We're at 95 Breeze off of North New Braunfels and Breeze in Terrell Heights in the parking lot of Sunset Ridge Church of Christ slash the Karis Collective. And so... It's so great. And your name is Katie. Yes. How do you spell that? K-A-T-I-E. I knew it. Yes. All right. Okay. I think we got it. Awesome. Thanks, John. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we got it.